Hey, Raina. Hi, Meg. How's it going? I mean, pretty good. How about you? Good. So we're doing an intro here, and then we're going to go into something a little different today, but do you got a joke for us? I think I have a joke for us, and you guys, good news. They're from Mr. Boo Boo, so uh, they're inappropriate. I also haven't read them, so we'll Just find out. Just how we let you. Don't even read them. Just go. Okay. Just go. Why did the ghost go to the bar? Mm, for some booze? To get sheet-faced. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I like that one. Okay. What happened to the man who got behind on payments to his exorcist? I have no idea. He got repossessed. <laughs> All right. Good you know, job. That would have been a good one to save for our exorcism episode I have oh, planned. shit. Well, tell Mr. Boo, but he can send us one more. Do we want to go for a third? Yeah. Let's more. just go hard. Yeah. Okay. We're ready. Um, son, dad, have you ever had any paranormal, paranormal experiences? Dad, yes, I did. Your mother told me once that I was right. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> I'm like, what? I looked at you like, how do you not get that? <laughs> oh my God. I get, I get um, oh, so man. today guys, we have a different episode. I mean, everyone's different, but we yeah. are interviewing Pete Pete Orbea from Port Gamble Paranormal. Yep, he, Paranormal Pete. Paranormal Pete. He's from. He is the town manager of Port Gamble, Washington. Yes. So if you listen to our last week's episode, we talked about him a fair bit, and then we were on his show back in the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was a wonderful experience. It was amazing. So fun to be on his show, and then to go with him on his ghost tour in Port Gamble. Like I said, if you listen to last week's episode, you've heard all about it and all of our experiences. So then this week, we just got to interview him. Yep. He got to talk about some of his, you know, ghosty experiences, some of his cryptid experiences. You know, we had so much information. I didn't even get to talk about any sort of alien type experience. I know, which we had that on our list of wanting to question, but it, you know. But there was just, there was already so much good stuff. I didn't want to keep, it's already nine o'clock at night, guys. Yeah. We tired. (laughs) We old. It's time for bed. Very. Um, But real quick, we do have a new cider this week. I went out last weekend to Rock Ridge Orchards and Cidery in Enumclaw, Washington. It is so good. We got the <clears throat> apricot. <coughs> apricot? I mean, maybe you could like weigh in on this, guys. Apricot or apricot? Apricot. Apricot. It's called the Apricot House. Apricot. Apricot. <clears throat> apricot apple house cider. She keeps saying it like I'm going to change my mind on how I say it, <laughs> but I'm not. It's apricot. It's apricot. Is there a p e ape app app? No, there's not. Ape a p r i c o t apricot apricot <laughs> apricot would be a p e ma'am. I know that. I was trying to prove myself right, and I realized I proved myself wrong. <laughs> Damn it. Anyways, I win. <laughs> False. I'm oh. still going to say apricot. Whatever. All right. Well, hello and welcome to Unity. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Megan. Okay. Shh. Shut up. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, hello and welcome to Lunatic Soup, the podcast where we go into all things wild, weird, and unknown. We're your host, Meg. And I'm Raina, ready to brew up some Lunatic Soup. Let's go.
Okay, so the interview is about to begin, but we just want to give everyone a heads up. Um, our microphone decided to not work. And we had tested it. We got on Zoom earlier today, checked everything, made sure everything was good to go because we were hopping right on this Zoom because of mom life. And we started recording and we don't know what happened to the microphone, but it apparently died. So... Pete, you sound amazing. Yeah, but we sound horrible. So... we're in a tin can. Yeah. So we apologize for the audio on this on our end. Um, There's obviously nothing we can do about it at this point. I blame the universe. I blame Mercury in retrograde. Freddie's in the microwave again. Get Freddie out of the goddamn microwave already. Yeah. Because I'm sick of it. But we are working really hard to get our audio up to what it should be and apologize for this interview. Yep. So anyway, our audio for our Pete, audio. You sound Pete's amazing. great. So anyways, here we are with Pete Orbea from uh, Port Gamble Paranormal. Paranormal Pete. So thanks for coming on Lunatic Soup, Pete. Um, we've obviously met in the past, crossed paths a few times now, but we're super excited to have you on. Um, we just we have so many questions about what you do for Port Gamble, how you got into doing those things for Port Gamble, how you got into the paranormal, so many things. So I hope you're ready. Well, thanks so much for having me on. It's uh, We had a lot of fun when, on my show, and so I'm looking forward to the questions, and I hope I have answers for all of them. I think you will. That's going to be okay. easy. Okay. <laughs> um, so first, like, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role in Port Gamble? Like, how did you, how did you come to Port Gamble? Sure. Yeah. Uh, my name's Pete, and I am uh, the town manager for the town of Port Campbell. It's a historic town. It's a national uh, historic landmark district. And one thing that makes it unique is that it's a company-owned town. Not too many of those left. And so I work as the town manager, which is like being the mayor, but I always uh, put an asterisk there that you can't call me mayor because I'm not elected. I'm hired. <laughs> Makes sense. So, but you still call you mayor. Yeah, I think that's yeah. If, yeah. And for anybody uh, listening, that if you haven't been to Port Gamble, it's one of Washington's oldest towns, on, and it's in Puget Sound on the west side in Kitsap County. And it was founded in 1853 and had a sawmill there that ran until 1995, making it the longest continuously running sawmill in U.S. history. And uh, so our oldest house here, oldest building is 1859. Wow. Our newest house here is 1919 to give everyone an idea of. Whoa, I did not know that. Age, yeah, the age of things. Okay. Uh, so it's a, and, and if you haven't been here before, but you love New England, you're like this place because the founders are from Maine and all the original people uh, early on in the town's history were from Maine. Um, East Machias, Maine, and so they kind of made the town look like their hometown. And mm-hmm. so New England architecture, and there's elm trees along the streets, and the leaves turn just like they do over in New England in the fall, and it just looks awesome here. So it's like a step back in time when you show up here in Port Gable. Beautiful. It is. I, I told this on the show last week, but the first time I was in Port Gamble, I was walking down the street and I said to my husband, this place just feels so familiar because I grew up in New England. And then we read right. the plaque and it just, it all made sense. It's just, it's so beautiful. Yeah. It is. And thank, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's fun to live here and, and work here. And it's just such a unique situation being a company owned town. 
uh, it's and it's a timber company. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool, you know, to be a part of something that's so unique and different and complex, but fun. <laughs> yeah. So what brought you to Port Gamble? Um, so my wife uh, had started working at a shop in Port Gamble a long time ago, and we were, and then uh, I started working for the shop as well, and we decided why are we commuting 35 minutes each way every day, and so we were lucky enough to get on the wait list to get a house here, and so we moved in in 2007. Um, so that's how I got to Port Gamble and I didn't start working for the town until 2011. Um, so we just love it here and that's how I got here. And when I first started working for the town and learned that about the ghost walk tour that they had and that that was a part of, that would be ultimately become a part of my job, Mm -hmm. you know, working for the town. It was just, it was cool to hear all the history but then all the ghost stories and then i decided to um tell our long-term residents uh here in town if you help me i will help you and i'll share your story and uh, i just kind of worked my way up through the the company here in the town and so here i am here you are mayor (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess going into that we're gonna i wanted your because you mentioned it on the tour, but it's, so you are a medium. Mm-hmm. And so how did that come about for you? And then at, when did you, were you already in Port Gamble when it did? Or was that something that, how, how did that all play into it? Sure. Yeah. I, I'll start by saying that um, I used to be extremely skeptical of mediums, any medium. And uh, working here and doing the ghost walks. I think, you know, I think I was meant to be here when I came here and that it, um, you know, I had more of an open mind, I guess. I was, you know, I would say I was an open skeptic to the paranormal in general, open to it because I have, I've had experiences all my life, but still um, skeptical in the sense that I want to collect data and good data and evidence Mm -hmm. um, to back up any claims but uh, I think it just starting to work here and do the ghost walks, I just really, it started to open me up, and but I didn't realize that it was going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so a couple of years after doing the ghost walks and starting to do investigations and things like that, um, I went to the Oregon Ghost Conference, and it was in Oregon City at the time, which is a really cool place. Um, it's really old. It's old, way older than Port Gamble. So it's, it was a great place. Um, that on our list. Yeah, right. For the conference. Oh, yeah. Yep. And you got to look up Northwest Ghost Tours while you're there. There's a plug right. for Rocky. Write that uh, down. Amazing historian there. He really knows the stuff. It's, it's, anyways, it's, it was a great place. So I go to this conference and I was doing a presentation on Port Gamble and I'd never had a psychic reading before. And, um, a gentleman there named Seth Michael had like a conference special. So it was like a discounted rate. And I thought, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to try this. I'm going to get a reading. And uh, so we went to do a reading and he sat down with me and wrote a bunch of stuff down before we did anything. And then he said, well, you're going to do your own reading today. And I was thinking, 
well, is that how this goes? You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no you're like, what? Is this how this thing goes? And uh, and he said, well, you know, do you even know what's going on around you? And I said, well, I don't know. I've been feeling kind of funny while I've been here at this conference. And he said, well, you're, I think you're a medium and that you'll be doing your own readings within a year. And I'm like, okay, yeah, right. Um, I'll, let's go with, let's see what happens here. So then he, he had me kind of, you know, do my own reading to start out with. He wanted me to reach out and see what I would see. And so I saw a Native American man and along with him was a horse. And so I described both things that I could see, uh, you know, uh, tan and white spotted Appaloosa horse, you know, long hair on the guy, that all that kind of stuff. And um, then he showed me his notepad that he had already written all this stuff down and it was like exact same description of everything. So then my stomach hit the floor. Right. I was like, what? And so we, we went through the reading and he said, well, your, your uh, guide here, it, he won't tell me his name. He wants you to, he wants you to learn it. And so I tried and I didn't get anything. And so we finished the reading and it's about 10 minutes later and the name Choctaw just pops into my head, like flashing, you know, marquee scene. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, I think that that's the name. And um, so then I went to tell him and he had made all these cool little sculptures to sell at the conference. And when I came up, he said, you know what? I had no idea why I made this or who I made it for, but it is clear now it's for you. And he hands me this little clay sculpture thing of a Native American man reaching his hand out. And he said, I had called this piece Breaking Through. And and it was for me. And that's kind of what just happened to me. So I was like, yeah. what? Um, so then, yeah, that was kind of my awakening. I called my wife and said what was going on that I felt weird. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like emotionally like drunk, basically yeah. the best way to describe it. And, you know, she was like, what? She's like, you're pretty gullible. So I don't know. <laughs> that is a certain white thing to say. I'm like, okay, yeah. you're going. Yeah. Let's just come back to this place. Yeah. So yeah. So then I went home and and uh, you know she's like, okay, whatever. You know, uh, this is weird. Um, but then what really solidified things for me was I um, had never met my biological dad before, and I decided to do one last search for him and if I didn't find him I would be done mm-hmm. and because of where I was turns out he was in the same area so when I did a Facebook search I got more search options okay. and so I actually found my dad on on Facebook and my uh, half-sister that I knew I had she's she's my older sister and so I found her first then found my dad on, on her friends list well anyways I make the leap of faith and I call my sister and say, uh, hey, my name's Pete, you know, I'm from like, you know, 30 some years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and so she went, she says, I'm going over to his place right now. And when she got there, she put me on the phone with a half brother of mine that I didn't know I had. And she says, here, talk to him for a second. I'm going to go inside. And so it was a really weird, awkward start to a conversation. 
somebody supposedly my brother, you know, right. brother that I've never met. And I just uh, told him, I said, hey, you know, uh, told him who I was, you know, where I'm at, and that, uh, you know, I'm not looking to get anything. I just kind of really want to know the other half of me that, yeah. that I've never known. And the first words that out of his mouth were, well, let me tell you, you're Choctaw and Scottish and other things, you know, and I about fell over when he said that because just a couple of days, just a couple yeah. days before, that's the name that popped into my head. And so that kind of like really made me go, all right, something's really going on right. here. And from then on forward to today, it's just, um, it's there and I'm yeah. learning, always try to learn more about it. I feel like I don't know much, you know, yet. Right. Um, but it, you know, I, I mean, I feel like I've learned a lot and things mm -hmm. have evolved over the last 10 years, but, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there's so much more to learn. So that's kind of how it all started. And it was, you know, uh, after that, it was anybody who'd come over to hang out, you know, have dinner or just hang out here during the day. Their great aunt Elsa or, you know, yeah. somebody would show <laughs> up and and it just kind of kept going. And then it started getting validation on things and then learned to, you know, what does it feel like when I'm actually got something that's validated? Mm -hmm. And then it just went from there. And, that, and Seth Michael, um, he was right, that medium. Um he was right. I was doing readings within a year. So I, I, I relate to your story so much because something that is similar happened to me. I went to a medium because my dad passed away with a child. And I would go to mediums. I didn't go to mediums for like the last maybe 12 years just to connect to him because and I've, I always thought I was a medium, but then, you know, was a positive, you know, doubted myself, whatever. And then I went oh, yeah. to see her in like 2021 and got on the phone with this lady and right away instead of her like connecting to what the normal thing was with connecting to my loved ones and doing whatever it went into like me and how my medium stuff is gonna come through and all the seven like she just like it was not what I was expecting I was expecting something completely different and I remember getting off the phone and just having this moment of like my life is never going to be the same like what you're saying is like what when I got told it I was like holy shit is this real like is this real is this really like it this is what my calling is which i had been told that earlier by somebody else but i guess i didn't believe it anyways and so i'm in like it's been about a year and a half for me since that happened so i'm very early in my stages but like what you're saying i'm going through that like when people come over and i like am starting to connect to people that like on the other side and i'll be like holy shit this is real and i get things right and i'm like <laughs> it's not i'm not making it up like it's actual so yeah yeah i get that it's a, a wild thing that it is and it's and it will change and it evolves with you as you evolve and yeah so it's it's you know at least in my experience it's never always the same yeah well and that's what i feel like yeah it's everyone it has it happen differently and i think that's the thing with it but right now i'm really salt like i get names like names are right like i get names right really solidly and that's like the one thing that i can Names are my thing at the moment, but I I obviously want it to go beyond that. <laughs> right, and it will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it does. Like, and there are times when I know that the message I'm getting is not like I know that that is right coming from that, but like names yeah. are what it, what gets me right now, and it's wild. Yeah, 
do you feel this? like it's a use it sorry go ahead no I, no let's hear your question i was just gonna say do you feel like it's a use it or lose it type thing like the more you use it the more you gain or if you don't use it as much maybe it fizzles out kind of yeah i mean it's like a muscle you know yeah i i think after if you do it for you know if you're into it for a, a good long period of time it could be like riding a bike you know you you they have that muscle mm-hmm. memory but i think you do have to use it um to further it to develop it and for you and for you to even get your own more understanding as time goes on yeah so yeah i think you have to try and use it or you know uh if you're just really distracted if you're really busy you know in life and adulting and all that like it can it's there but it's like in a sense like you've turned it off and yeah. you just have to whatever works for you to kind of get you know yeah in the in the zone in a state of presence you know whatever that process is for you then it becomes that's how you get back you know how you turn it on basically so mm-hmm. yeah i think I think a lot of people think, you know, well, they're nervous about it because, well, it's just going to be all the time. It doesn't have to be. You can turn right. it on yeah. and off, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It does. Um, you said that before all of this, you had experiences growing up. What are some of the earliest paranormal experiences that you can remember? Well, I, I talk about one that was impactful at the time, and then I forgot about it. And then later in life, remembered it. Yeah. So uh, when I was seven years old, I was traveling. My grandparents lived in Sedona. And okay. so at that time, uh, I would go down there for most of my summer vacation at, you know, from school. Mm-hmm. And so it was on one of those trips. I grew up in Boise, Idaho. And so we'd drive from Boise down to Sedona. And so I was seven years old, and we just were kind of getting into northern Arizona um, in Navajo land and we're driving along. I'm riding in the middle. So it was a, it was a truck that we were driving in and my grandma was at the passenger seat taking a nap. And so I was sitting next to my grandpa and we're driving along and just all of a sudden out of nowhere, there's, it's flat on the side of the roads there. There's Adobe houses, you know, mm-hmm. hundred yards off the road, but it's, it's flat on the sides of the roads. All of a sudden, there's these two Native American men standing in the road and they were faced away from us and they were wearing like, you know, what you would think of traditional garb and uh, they were faced away from us and they turned in towards each other and looked back over their shoulders at us. And by this point, when they turned and looked, my grandpa slammed the brakes on and we basically went through them and they just as soon as we got to them they were gone wow and you know we're looking in the mirrors but it was it was just crazy because then my grandpa says you know he (laughs) different generation he says did you see them old indians in the road Mm -hmm. and i said yes and he said all right well don't tell your grandma because she'll get freaked out and because she was sleeping through the whole thing Mm -hmm. So I knew he saw it, and plus he slammed the brakes on. Right. And uh, I've had where I've been in a state of presence. You know, I don't want to say meditating, but, you know, my version of meditating. So the guy that I saw in that reading with Seth Michael 
was one of those Native Americans in the road. Do you feel like that that could be one of your guides or that that is one of your guides? It's like a... Yes, except yeah. for he's except for he's gone now. He's moved on. He was really? there. He was there to facilitate my awakening. Crazy. So I think he looked out for me growing up. Yeah. And he facilitated my awakening, and now he's moved on. Uh, do you think your grandpa was also a medium, and like maybe he was, and he just never really fully tapped in? I don't. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. He um, he grew up in Boy City, Oklahoma. And he would talk about he and his brothers. He grew up in the Dust Bowl in the Depression. Okay. There. And he had talked about some caves that he and his brothers found that had old Native American stuff in them and that they would explore around in the caves and stuff. So he that's all he'd really say about it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure he could have been, but, you know, was it anything that was on his radar? Yeah, right. Because I just heard that it, this is, and I don't know if you've heard this as well, that it can be like genetic. It's like, you know, it can run through your family. Yeah. And yeah. I've been trying to figure that out because I think mine comes from my dad's side, which is a very religious side. So they would never acknowledge it if it was there. Because um, my mom's very open to it. And if it was on my mom's side, they people would be like excited about it. And, right. you know, it, people would know. And so I feel like it, and I've gotten told by someone that it comes from my dad's side, but there's no way to really know it. So I was just curious if you felt. Okay. It wasn't genetic. Yeah. I mean, I think that helps. Yeah. I think that really helps a lot, but I think everybody has it in them. Right. And it depends. Well, everyone does. Yeah. But I think it's more prevalent if you have genetics, if you have a yeah. line of people, I think it, it helps. You like start yeah. it, you start it, you know, 50% out of 100 rather than 25% out of 100. Right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, that ends. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. All right. So now while I, I'm going to, can I ask a really important question? A really? And I've been dying to know. Okay. So, oh, I'm going to skip going into it. Yeah, you're going yeah, to skip right into it. Right? You've been dying for this question. We're going to it. So first of all, I would like you to tell our listeners your Bigfoot theory that you talked to us about because you asked us what we thought about Bigfoot. So you had your theory on like how, how they are sure. like interdimensional yeah. beings, all things. And then yeah. I want your Bigfoot story because I haven't heard it. Okay. Yet. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's right. I've heard it. It's yeah. a great story. I can't okay. wait. So I don't know that it's my theory. <laughs> and well, I'm sure other people, I mean, it's just like, well, of course, but I'm sure other people believe. have thought of it but there's basically two camps in bigfoot research and there's a camp that bigfoot is a relic species from millions of years ago right it's mm -hmm. it's a relic hominid and then there's another camp that is that bigfoot is interdimensional like i'm in that camp okay yeah and yeah. and ron moorhead makes a very compelling case for it yeah, and, there's, and a lot of things would make sense. So it, that camp believes, you know, that they're interdimensional, that they come and go, which is why we never find them, and that they actually kind of go in trees to travel and to hide, so they can, you know, they're kind of interdimensional beings. Mm -hmm. And my my thought was that you kind of mash the two together in a way that it is a relic species, but because it somehow survived all the ice ages at least if it 
you know, I think it has mm -hmm. all these hundreds of thousands or millions of years that they have unlocked the secrets of this planet that we can't even perceive the secrets of nature. They've unlocked that and have possibly unlocked becoming interdimensional species, you know, beings. Yeah. But so mass them up, right? Maybe mm -hmm. that's what's going on. They just know a lot more about our planet than we do. <laughs> you know, I like that. If we're a much newer species than them mm -hmm. or evolved from them, you know, as a different uh, split off of the species, I think it's totally possible. And yeah. Maybe someday we'll find out. I hope in my lifetime we find out something. I do. We're, we're waiting for it. We're yeah. like, I, yeah. I think we all are. Everyone's. But also, if you asked us, like, what would happen if they caught one? And like, you know, and I think that's the scary part is like, because and if the government caught one, right, either we are going to find out about it or it's not going to be good. Yeah. They're not going to keep it alive. They're going to kill it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right. And and it's, you know, I think if however much you trust us as humans is mm -hmm. how your reaction is going to be to that question. Not a lot. Yeah. For me. Well, <laughs> how, about, how about we find out for ourselves? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Ooh, ooh. So, in your so, area, my yeah. husband. Yeah. So, what's what's the story? So, I have a story myself, um, and I and I say it's a possible Sasquatch encounter because okay. we didn't see it. We didn't we didn't see it. Um, so, this was in 2016, I think 2016, and I had my dog outside on a Saturday night like one in the morning we were getting ready to go to bed and I was taking my dog out and he kind of it took a minute and then he was kind of showed he was alerted to something like he was looking across the highway towards the tree line that's here in Port Gamble mm -hmm. and once he stopped and looked I paid attention and was looking that way and I started to hear this like crazy uh like rhythm and like what sounded like two bears like fighting. It was like, but there was like this, this like, like rhythm. And so I thought, oh, is one of my neighbors like maybe playing like a first person shooter, like zombie game or something? Yeah. Yeah. With the window open, but you can hear everything. Yeah. So, like, I looked around and, like, no, no, everyone looks like the, all the lights are out and everything. And uh, so I was like, well, that's, gosh, that's really strange. I woke my wife up and had her come out and listen. And she, she was, she grew up on the Olympic Peninsula and she's like, yeah, I've, I've never heard something like that. That's weird. Mm -hmm. And so I got closer. I walked closer to the tree line um, and where I was, ended up going I was it was across our highway that runs through town so I was a good 600 feet from the tree line when I went and moved closer but I was in better earshot and so I could hear it a little bit clearer and of course I'm like so focused on this I didn't even think to pull my phone out and record it yeah and but it sounded like two giant drumsticks on a tree that was that rhythm. It was like this. Da -da 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 -da. It was definitely wood on wood sound. And this growling, this guttural wow, ah, thing, growling is going on. And so I kind of, 
snuck back over to my house and my porch because I was just like, what is what is this? Because in years past, I'd heard some pretty strange noises come out of those woods and yeah. chalked it up, chalked it up to it's probably a cougar, you know, right. uh, coyotes, raccoons. They all make weird sounds when they're when they fight or whatever. But this was just different, and it just sounded like loud and deep. And so I go back to my porch, and I start to hear some trucks coming down the highway uh, to my back. And it's like low gears is what I was hearing. So I was like thinking, okay, here comes a couple semi-trucks, you know, driving through, which Mm -hmm. is pretty normal. And they're not semi-trucks. They are fully armed military Humvees with guys in them. And guys in the turret on top with the 30 cows. And they're spotlighting the tree line right where I was thinking this noise was coming from. So they drive by through the town at like five miles an hour. And they're just spotlighting this area. So at this point, I'm freaking out. Like, I ducked down. (laughs) I don't want them to see me. (laughs) Yeah. And But I could hear them. I know the logging roads that are right right outside of town, mm-hmm. really familiar with, you know, hearing sounds out there. So I could hear them driving. I knew right where they were, right where they were driving through in the trees. I just couldn't see them, but I could hear them. And then that was it. By the time those guys had rolled through town, those guttural noises stopped and everything kind of stopped. And so I was really creeped out that the military was there. All right. And yeah. It was within eight minutes, I think, seven to eight minutes, they showed up from this thing going on. And the closest naval base here is about 12 to 15 minutes from here. So I thought it was also odd when I thought about it, the timing. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to bed, you know, just thinking, what the heck was that? And a couple of days later, a buddy of mine came over to hang out and I said, we're going in the woods because <laughs> I didn't want to go by myself. Don't yeah. <laughs> right. So we go over to this tree line, um, and there's basically two places to step into the woods there. There's an area to our right where our land care team used to like dump grass and stuff like that. So there was a bit of a clearing right inside the trees. And then about 200 feet um, to our left is another, it's a little trail that's ironically named Sasquatch Trail. And it's another way to get into the woods. So we were on the right side checking out the clearing, like the, where the grass clippings go. And as soon as we stepped from the grass into the tree line, there were these two loud wood knocks, boom, boom. And so we were like, well, what the heck was that? You know, okay, well, whatever. So we kind of looked around in there a little bit and then I was, you know, we walked to the other trail and I was like, you know, on the way, I'm like, okay, right in here is where I think I was hearing stuff. So we go to this other trail. We're about 200 feet from where we just were. And we stepped in to the tree line on the trail and another two loud wood knocks, boom, boom. And so we're like kind of on alert, like what's go- what the heck's going on mm-hmm. here? And so we walked up the trail and it doesn't go up very far before it like did a 90 degree turn and then another 90 degree turn. And after those, that little dog leg there, 
you go up a few, you know, 20 feet or so, and it intersects with a power line cutout. So where they put power lines, they'll cut out all the tree line and stuff under it. So what was there was like, you know, a huge opening and the grass was like, you know, five feet tall in there, like really tall, four, three to five feet tall grass. So we got to the first part of that dog leg and we hear this and feel this loud thump in the ground. So we stopped and then we hear boom, 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 boom. It got louder and then it got quieter and we could hear it going from one direction to the other. So we're like, what the heck? So we got the courage to go around the dog leg and got up to where it intersects the power power line cut out. And there were big depressions in this tall grass. And they were probably, I'd say, 14 to 16 inches depressions. Not in the mud. The grass was really thick. So it was just kind of depressed in the grass. Mm-hmm. The trail we were on was six feet wide. And it had rained, you know, recently, and so it was kind of muddy. There was a depression in the tall grass on one side of the trail and a depression in the grass on the other side of the trail, but nothing in the trail. So whatever it was spanned six feet with its stride. So then my buddy follows that trail, follows the path of foot depressions in the grass, and it went straight into a mountain of blackberries just a huge mound of blackberries that they went straight in there and that's where it stopped. Mm -hmm. So we're like, what, you know, this, okay, whatever, this is crazy. And I remember noticing at the power line cutout just on the other side, on either side of the trail, there were multiple trees that were falling into two trees on either side of the trail. And there's like these little teepees out of the, tops of the trees that were mm-hmm. had fallen in so you know i'm like that you know what i'm thinking at this point right yeah there's a big foot back here yeah yeah and and so we decided to go back out to out of the tree line and we went one more time down to the first place we went in we step into the tree line again boom boom two big wood knocks again mm-hmm. and we're we're thinking like there's two of us two knocks every time we enter the tree line so that further made me think there was some sort of communication. Of course, somebody could be messing with us, right? Because we're not right. seeing anything. Of course. Yeah. So we were looking around and we finally had our phones out at this point, <laughs> you know, scanning around. Felt like we didn't see anything and it was like, all right, well, let's go. And as we turned to to leave that area, there was just, I don't know if I do it justice, but there was this like huge sound and it was so sketchy sounding. It was like a giant monkey is what it sounded like. We turned to leave and it went whoop, 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 whoa. But it sounded like big. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm out of here. Uh, yeah. I would have so been that, I would have been done. I, I can't say for certain that I had a, I, well, I know I did not have a visual experience, but I think right. we've heard something. And seeing the military come through when that when there is weird stuff happening and the weird sounds and the wood the the crazy rhythm of wood knocking, it was uh, mm-hmm. it's still crazy to think about. Like what what was that? The military part is like that. Yes, that is so like because you know. 
you know it, it's them. yeah and, but you know that they know like you know that they're aware and it's just we're obviously not privy to that information yeah i i've heard of i've heard of that there is um bigfoot activity around that sub base because there's you know you can't access anywhere around it for quite a ways and it's like straight mm-hmm. woods and so i've heard that there's stories of sasquatch sightings you know, around the fences and things like that over there. So what it was, I don't know for sure, but all of the evidence we gathered point to the big fella. Right. <laughs> have you been back out in that tree line since oh, yeah. then to see if the, do the knock, have the knocks ever come back? There's been nothing. Crazy. Nothing mm. since then. Yep. That's a good story. That's fascinating. Yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, the military presence just that messes me up. Oh, and and that tree line backs up to a f- almost four thousand acre so uh, county county park. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this is so the tree line when you're going in and out of town, like that whole like you have to drive through that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, so it backs up to an almost four thousand acre county park. Yeah. That's, that's just wilderness. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's where they are. That's a fascinating story. That's a good one. It was weird to experience it, I'll tell you that. And I just kick myself all the time that that first night I did not have my phone out. So this is my question for you as a believer, which is my own, like, just from being on social media, you see all these videos from you know, the videos that they, if they have gotten them of Sasquatch or even aliens, these, like, what they get. And everyone's always commenting, like, why does everyone's phone look like they're in like 2011 or something? Like, it's all all that. And so, yeah, yeah. So like, I have a theory that it's because they have so much like energy or something that it messes with our technology. So that, to keep their safety, I don't. Yeah. Does anybody else like have a theory totally possible? Like, totally possible. Because it is bizarre that all of them are like that. Because it's true. But it, it, I mean, as a full believer in both things, I'm like, how is it not caught? Yeah, or they could, the energy could, like, you didn't even think about taking out your phone. That could happen. Yeah, like, that. Wow. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, there's countless stories, uh, especially in Alaska, with, you know, the, the Bigfoots up there, that they affect you with some sort of EMF, and that it, it discombobulates you, and it's kind of like infrasound, and so it's totally possible that they could direct some sort of energy that scrambles your yeah. technology. And with UFOs, it's like, well, yeah, they probably, they're probably way ahead of us in technology. Yeah. Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. I think that's totally possible. Yeah. That is such a great story. Do you have that written down somewhere, like in detail? No, but I need to. Yeah. 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 Well, well, yeah, we got you on video now, so you'll have this. Yeah. So. There you go. I just need to do Google, like voice to text, like Google voice to text. Yeah, I just like, write it out before you get, you know, your brain starts to scramble yeah. as we get into our elder years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I have a I have a Bigfoot story. I won't tell it on this because it's long or whatever. But my family has property in Canada, like on uh, like north tip of Vancouver Island, and it's very remote. You can only get to it by like boat or sea flight. So you're when you go up there, there's no phone service. There's no you're in the middle of nowhere. And my aunt had an experience while we were there. And and one of those things that like when you're there, you just 
and you feel like constantly. yeah but you have to like you like i don't know you feel like something's watching you and you know that i just feel like that is where they would be is up in the vicinity yeah. because yeah. it is so remote there's barely anybody there yeah yeah there's no oh yeah you know. and it's beautiful yeah i'm gonna put ice wearing on whenever trail cams the next time we go. do it there you do go it. see what i get <laughs> then let, they'll just pixelate those no yeah yeah <laughs> but that way they will dang it Anyway, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so Port, Port Campbell is kind of known for being haunted, right? Yes. Um, like when I Googled most haunted place in Washington before I even knew about Port Gamble, guess what popped up? Port Gamble. <laughs> nice. Um, so you said that you started working for the paranormal part of town before you were really into this whole um, paranormal life. Now you run Port Gamble Paranormal, correct? Well, so the the paranormal stuff was a part of the weddings and events business that's here. Oh, okay. And so that's who I worked for was the weddings and events business. And that's an on tight. I know, right? And that was just a, it was part of the events we did. Yeah. And okay. And uh, and then over time, uh, I was able to lucky enough to make it my own business in 2016. And for the Port Gamble Par, and that's when I made it Port Gamble Paranormal Tours. And um, so my my day job is separate from my night job of yeah. looking for ghosts. <laughs> yeah. So you you're the one that plans all the events. You're the one that does all of that. Where where you go, how many people show up, all that stuff. For the paranormal tours, yes, it's 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 all me. For other town events, um, it's our weddings and events team plan all that kind of stuff but for the ghost for the paranormal stuff yeah it's it's me i plan all of it and host all of it and and run it yeah do, do you think because of your position as town manager that's how you're able to get into all the cool buildings um no no i had that relationship before uh, okay you know um people wanting to share their stories you know and mm-hmm. um so it's it, you know, I've just been lucky enough to have continued access. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, some of the places are, are private, like the Masonic Lodge. I'm sure you have to get special permissions to go in there, correct? Uh, oh, yeah. Anywhere you, you got to get permission. But the oh, Masonic yeah. Lodge. Oh, How do we get Mas- permission for the Masonic Lodge? Um, by contacting the Masons. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, there. That's the only building in Port Gamble that's not owned by the company. It's actually owned by the Masons. I was actually going to ask that question. Yeah, that's the only building in town that's not owned by the company, and uh, they're a great bunch of guys, and and uh, it's a really cool lodge. It's one of the oldest on the West Coast for sure. That's wild. That's wild. Is that place included in the um, paranormal? Uh, the one in the right? conference? Yes, that place okay. is one of the. One of the places there will be classes in there, and then there'll be investigations at night. Oh yeah, it's a great, great place. The ghosties don't like the women coming in, right? They are not a big fan of women. Yeah, female investigators will get EVPs that say "get out." Interesting. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually hosting an event uh, in there September 16th. Um, where we're doing a palmistry workshop and a mediumship development workshop. Oh. Um, partner, partnering up with Joanne the Psychic from Port Townsend. She is awesome. 
And then in the evening, we're doing a gallery reading for all the people who attend the workshop. So that's not sold out. No, it's not sold out yet. Um, we got a good crowd coming, but it's not sold out yet. But uh, really looking forward to doing this event with her. And it's all at the Masonic Lodge. We're going to be in there all day. And it's and it's forty dollars. <laughs> hey, oh, wow, that's bad. Hey, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I am. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, if you go to portgambleparanormal dot com, you can see you can get tickets and stuff there. Awesome. For that. Well, now I want to talk about what we came to Port Gamble for. I mean, the whole town is beautiful, but what originally drew me to Port Gamble was the Walker Ames House. Yes. So we talked about the history of the Walker Ames House on our episode last week, but when you started getting into the paranormal, how did that, how did the Walker Ames House tie into just, I mean, it's part of your everyday life now, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I guess I'm lucky. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm lucky in that respect. Um, Well, paranormal investigation started there, um, 2002, 2003. It's been a while. Yeah. So, and that was like, you know, the main focal point on the ghost walk tours when they were started. Mm -hmm. And um, there's basically we have the most access to that place, Mm -hmm. but it also happens to have a ton of activity in it. So it's kind of nice that we have the access for it. Um, But yeah, it's been investigated for about 20 years now. And it's just been, I've been around it since 2011 and i think i've spent i don't know at least 1100 hours in there wow. Uh, wow. over the years and it's just a great place and i still don't know maybe half of it you know right about the house so it's just it's a really interesting location to be in i feel like you have a pretty good relationship with the spirit in that house one of the things that you know, stuck out to me when we went on a private tour, uh, not this past summer, but one before, every floor you go into, you say, hey, it's Pete. And let let the spirit know that that you're there. And that they're okay. They'll know they'll be okay okay. if I'm there. Yeah, Yeah. that's something I picked up from other investigators um, and other mediums, and it just made sense, right? We're in somebody's house, so we should be respectful, right? And so I, I had the blessing coming up in paranormal research and everything to work with amazing investigators um, who would do things more in a pragmatic way. They're all about credibility and respect. And mm-hmm. so I learned a lot of good things from fellow investigators. And so, yeah, I just, I've kind of always done that you know i say hey it's pete anybody here you know yeah, oh, I, i'm here blah blah, blah. i was training. here for a little bit blah 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 yeah well yeah. training spirits like they're people like it, it is their space and humans is the better way to do it because when people go in there and are just like obnoxious then not naming name yeah i like, know so we know uh, we all know <laughs> um but it's out like, naming names <laughs> yeah a wrong way to do it and so if you're respectful about it it's like no wonder you'll get far, further with that than yeah. doing something. Yeah, it, yeah, and, you know, I don't think that there's necessarily a wrong way or a right way to do things, but there's definitely a respectful and a disrespectful way to do things. Yeah, right. You know, and so I've just always felt like, man, this, 
especially with that location specifically, it's like, man, they're, they're letting me come into their house. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what time is like for them on that side, but oftentimes right. it's at night. It's, yeah. Right. And so I've always, you know, I feel protective of the house. There's, you know, there's some rules in the house and places that you don't go. And I'm pretty passionate about that. And I, I feel like that the long-term residents in there, there's like a mutual respect that we've built. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've heard of new, numerous teams, uh, they're getting things saying my name or they're getting audio saying, where's Pete, where's Pete. And, uh, that's been going on a few years and I, love I kind of felt like, well, I guess it's working. So I should, yeah. and that at least I hope they know when I'm in there that, that they're safe. You know? Right. Yeah. And there's a level of respect that you're giving them. Yeah, so right. they'll respect you right back. So they probably don't mess with right. you too much. Uh, <laughs> too many. <laughs> <laughs> That's debatable. Yeah. That's debatable. Uh, no, I've I've had co- a lot of experiences in there, and but I've never been like, you know, scratched or like pushed mm-hmm. on the stairs, anything like that. So, but other people def- have. Um, there's, it hasn't happened in quite a long time, but um, yeah. People have been scratched, have come out with scratches that they don't know how in the world they got there. Um, you know, women in the house typically have a little bit harder time because uh, it, it's very intense on the energy front and especially in the basement and especially towards blonde women in the mm-hmm. basement, there seems to be. We had, a, we had a good time in the basement by ourselves. What happened? Well, I got my head touched. And I thought it was a cord hanging from the ceiling. And then I realized it was like, wasn't, it was over where that big black pipe is. Okay. And that was, we walked over there and then the temperature dropped significantly. That was wild. And then I felt like I had someone grab my arm. Like it wasn't like the pressure of a grabbed arm, but it was like, you know, it felt like just the chill around my arm. And then we did get an EVP down there mm-hmm. and um male yeah yeah was it, a, was it a boy well so on i was unsure about it and i have a friend whose mom is a psychic medium and i was over at my friend's house and i was like kind of telling her about it but i didn't i personally don't know the history of the house i didn't know that there was supposedly a little boy down there and all that and so i played the evp for her mom and she looked at me and she was like he's trying to scare you He's trying to scare you because he thinks you're going to hurt him. And I was like, whoa, because it is like in it, it does seem like the EVP itself sounds like he is trying to like, like a kind of, and so she, what she got from it, she's like, he thinks that you guys are going to hurt him. So he's trying to scare you. And I was like, damn, that went interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And wild down there, you can definitely feel the presence of, I get, I get a, I get a small boy yeah. down there. Yeah. Um, I don't that, know if I, be- oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's interesting, um, that you guys are ladies and you feel more down there. I don't hardly ever feel anything down there. Really? It's like the quietest place in the house for me. That was, so. it was intense for me. The most intense parts of the house were the basement and the attic. Yeah. Okay. In the attic, I also felt a child. Presence. Yeah. Well, that's another place 
that there specifically felt like when yeah when we first got there i we both felt that someone was like looking at, at us out the window and when i got up there i was like oh it was a kit and that was yeah that's, just, that's one of the claims that's yeah. one of the and then it's reported yeah and then we going on the second floor you put us on the second floor and that was also meg was asking like mm-hmm. you know looking for a surf like uh one of the it was a woman like a yanni and then we're at whatever and i was sarah and then yeah and that was oh well, and we asked you and you said and you were like oh yeah, yeah. yep yeah that yeah. that so is we, a name that is a that name is. we think that's in the house yeah but, so we picked up all of that on like audio and video which was cool like mainly on audio like so we got all of that like as it was happening which was kind of cool for nice and as it was going down it was fun it was fun it was a good time yeah right on that's awesome definitely don't feel anything you know bad or malevolent or anything like that in that house there was also the stairwell that you have blocked off or the area you have blocked off on on the first floor or yeah main floor ad you were walking everyone upstairs to go to the like second floor and attic and we were at the very back and this lady was standing with us and um i heard knocking in that stairwell area and i like turned to meg and i was like did you hear that and the lady next to me she's like i heard that and i was like as long as it wasn't just me um and so that was cool too because it was very clear like that it wasn't like people on the stairs over there it was like in that specific okay and we were lame damn yeah also shadow figures in the museum yeah oh nice yeah someone breathed heavily into my ear a few times back by the wedding dress area okay interesting yeah we we We've recently installed new security system in there and new cameras. And there, I'm at our ghost conference in November. I think I'm going to play a couple of clips of these security cameras that were triggered way after hours. And I'm usually pretty quick to dismiss orb evidence. Mm-hmm. But I have two clips that are pretty compelling. Yeah, interesting. Oh, that's exciting. And they were captured in the museum in an area where I've witnessed activity multiple times. Was it that bedroom area? It was, uh, no, it was on the other side, and it was in front of the safe. That safe is in there. Okay. So that's where I've seen multiple times a shadow on the floor when I'm down in the back of the museum at the hotel exhibit. Mm-hmm. See the shadow as if somebody's pacing just around the corner from you. Okay, that's what we both thought. Just leaning yeah. out, a shadow figure at the back, and that Very was good. Yep, and that was we were both sitting back there, and we're like, "Okay, well, I mean, that's what that we were there for." So yeah, right, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that, that's a great place too. But yeah, I've, I we've captured a couple pieces of video that I've, and I I want to see what people think. Yeah, because um, it's pretty weird. <laughs> well, and one of the things we talked about on like our episode because we, we talked about you quite a bit, um, but we were talking about how good you are at like we listened to you debunk a bunch of things at the end of the tour. People would come up okay. to you with their things that they call on camera or whatever during the tour, and you would be like, "No, I it's this or no, it's that." Or someone, some lady had a video on her like phone from backyard, which did actually seem legit but you also like just listening to you go through and like debunk like what it could be through all the things you're very much like come from the skeptic side of like 
how can I knock this out so that it's but in a good way of like, you know, not just giving into anything, sure. not just making it paranormal because you want it to be paranormal. Right. You want to right. find the most logical but that's thing what it, to do. It's when you're yeah. looking, like when you want something to be paranormal, you can be like. Yeah. And as a medium, that's a hard balance to walk. It is. Yeah. I will say that I struggle with it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, you have to try and be realistic. You have to be, um, you know have apply some sort of scientific method to whatever you're doing if you want to have credible yeah. evidence if you want to help move the field of the paranormal forward you have to be credible and you have to have credible evidence and mm-hmm. you know it's it's just one of those things that i i would like to think i'm trying to help further the field <laughs> in some right. way yeah. no definitely and not just be like Oh, there's an orb. It's definitely a ghost, and it's a right. Yeah, it's a guy, and blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, well, it was like in the in the basement. Like we recorded the whole time, or I recorded the whole time. We were down there, and there's lots of orbs or right. whatever. But it's obviously in like dusty. rewatching it. It's dust. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's dust. And yeah. so, but that was like I showed it to my sister, and she was like, "Are those orbs?" And I was like, "No, they're dust. Yeah, dust. Yeah, it's... there was other. There were things down there." But that was dust. Right, right. And I think, you know, you have to, as an investigator, like I said, if you're trying to be credible, if you're not trying to be credible, then, you know, it's more like what you see on a lot of the TV shows. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and that that's good for the field of the paranormal in the sense that it exposes more people to it and normalizes it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it can be a double-edged sword because right. then, then you think that, well, this is what they do, so it must be right because it's on TV and it may not right. be the best way to collect evidence or interview people or Great whatever. for entertainment. Yeah, it's it's entertainment. That's exactly. Entertainment. You got it. Yeah. And it's great for that. You know, yeah. that's, that's great if you're watching it for that. So, right. yeah. I I enjoy trying to figure things out. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any like do you do you get to know the spirits in the Walker Ames house specifically since you spend so much time there? Do you know I, any of the spirits there? I feel like a couple of them. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a girl I believe in the house who's younger and her name is, is Annabelle. Okay. Okay. And I I think. She's comfortable with me, but I don't think she's from that house. I think she's from the house across the street, but she comes over to the Walker Ames house. Mm. And then I feel like Emma Walker, one of the original homeowners, she knows who I am, I think. And there's a guy that I catch occasionally on audio, and I don't know if he knows I'm there, but it always seems to be in reaction to me being in wherever space he is, and he's very blah, 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 blah. I never understand what he says. But he says, uh, yeah. But I think there's definitely, like, some female spirits, a younger one, there's an older one. It could be the same spirit. I'm not entirely sure, but who, who will say my name? And there's been a male spirit that's answered me directly on multiple occasions where... They must have been comfortable talking to me. So yeah, in a way, I I think so. 
Um, I think being in there as often as I have, I don't trust my mediumship as much in there. Okay. Um, and so I kind of almost feel like I have blinders, which psychically, mm. which makes me have to investigate in a yeah, yeah. better way, you know, in a good way. Um, but other places I go, like outside of Fort Gamble, it's, it's different ball game psychically, but there it's like, because I've been there so much too familiar or something that I almost feel like I have blinders, but I, I feel that some of them know me <laughs> the ones that yeah. will say, Hey, where's Pete? You know, that sort of thing. So, which is cool. I'm, I'm glad that I've gotten through on that side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gotten through in some way. And that you're, you're like, yeah, they like you. I hope so. <laughs> I think I they like do. It. Yeah, I think so too. That's interesting that you, you say the name Annabelle. The very first time I was there with my family over two years ago, I was at one of the little shops. It's a little white house and it's got like a little room with cards and stuff and books yep. and things like that. And, you know, I had heard that the town was haunted. So I went into the building and I felt this little girl. And I went to the person, you know, behind the cashier and I said, is that haunted? And she said, yeah. I said, is there a little girl named Anna? And she said, yeah, I say hi to her every morning. Sometimes she'll throw things off of the shelf. So maybe it's the same little girl. Maybe it's not. It could. Well, it very well could be. And maybe she's goes to all kinds of different places. Yeah. yeah, but this woman, this woman was very kind, and she said, "It's yep. funny because this morning I came in, and I guess I didn't give her enough attention, so she started knocking books off of the shelf." <laughs> yeah, that sounds like probably the same same one. Uh, yeah. And I don't know who she is historically. I haven't right. found it yet. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I'll find validation some you know in historical record or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and find out maybe where she did live, like where was her place of residence, that sort of thing. We have census records that are just really hard to read. Yeah, bad. But also, like, isn't it, you know, could have not even been from there and come from with someone from somewhere else and decided they liked the area and want to stick around? Like, that... Totally possible. Yeah. yeah, you just don't... I feel like that's one of those things you just don't know. Some, like, I think that's one of those things that everyone thinks, oh, your house is haunted, so something must have happened in your house. And it's like, no... They can actually, yeah, uh, like uh, you and just follow yeah. you home, and then yeah. you have a ghosty in your house. Like people don't well, realize that that doesn't have to be. Everywhere is yeah. quote unquote yeah. haunted. Anywhere yeah, even yeah. big, yeah. anywhere living, breathing people are their spirits. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. So everywhere technically is haunted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just when you find them, yeah. Exactly. Have you ever had any more? startling experiences in the town um yeah there's um well i've I've had many startling experiences in the walker ames house Mm -hmm. but more so i wasn't expecting something like you know to happen and it happened and oh geez you know like Mm -hmm. like a living person if they did that that would have startled me right right Yeah, Yeah. yeah um but i did have a really weird experience um this last it was this this past January, and I I don't quite know what to conclude from it yet, but it was near my house, and so I live in one of the old houses here, and it was like torrential downpour, cold, just, you know, rain's coming down in buckets. 
and I was leaving the house to go somewhere. I can't remember what I was doing. And it was already, it was dark out because it was like, you know, 630. <laughs> it's like pitch black out. And so it's dark. I got my headlights on. It's just dumping buckets. And at the end of my road, it, um, I turn at the end of my road and there's like a, another little road that goes behind my house, like a little a access road sort of thing. And I usually will turn onto that road. So it's almost like making a wide U-turn, basically. Mm -hmm. So I'm about three quarters of the way through that turn, and there's a woman standing there right on the edge of the road in the grass. And so I stopped, and she just stood there. And she was had her arm, like she looked like she was cold, but she wasn't wearing rain gear or reflective gear or anything like that. She was wearing like a bonnet is what it looked like. And she was like pulling the bonnet down tighter on her head. And it was like a, I could see it was like a black dress sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And she just stood there like, I think we made eye contact. It was kind of hard to see her, excuse me, see her eyes, but she was just like standing there like a deer in headlights, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I put my hand close to the windshield so she could see and I made a motion to you know, say, hey, go, go across the road. Don't, you know, I'll yeah, wait, wait for you. Yeah. You're out in the rain. And she just stood there. And so I just went, okay. So then I continued on. But as I drove away, I was thinking about it like, what in the world was a person doing there in this storm? In a bonnet. And wearing what looked like a bonnet and like a black, like big, you know, poofy dress and not like rain gear or anything like it did then i was like wait a then i was like wait a minute what and, and, and where my house is like there's not people walking there and especially yeah. maybe during the day you know they'll go by there but not at night not in pitch black not in right. you know it was just weird and it was just like she had this kind of clutched expression to her like she mm -hmm. Like she was experiencing the storm, which made me think, well, maybe it was a breathing yeah. person. Right. If they were cold and right. looked like they were cold and reacting to the weather. But man, who's who's doing that? And, and, you know, as I drove away, I was like, I never saw anything cross the road. You know, and mm -hmm. I was watching my mirror the whole way down right. the little road. And I never saw anybody go across the road or anything. So I was like, what? That was startling because like all yeah. of a sudden there was a person there. So. I don't start on me. Well, so it's funny. And but, uh, when we were last week, we were talking about like what I picked up when I was there. And I said that I picked up a woman in a black dress, like poofy leaves, poofy, like, I don't know, it was like the typical 1800. Yeah, there you go. Victorian cemetery, right? Oh, by the cemetery where I picked it up. But it was oh. just funny because it was like black dress. Well, this was about a block away from the cemetery. Perfect. Well, there you go. Because I, I literally said that. I said, there was some lady in a black dress of like what I picked up on. So okay. I wonder if that was the same. Could have been. That's crazy. Yeah, that's it, cool. It just was funny. When you said when you said black dress, I looked at me. I was like, I know what you're yeah. that. <laughs> uh, uh, that's pretty funny. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Get two mediums in the same place and see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But we can go to the convention in uh, November and get a bunch of them in the black yeah, yeah, it'll be like a hundred. Yeah. No, I know. That's not. I'm excited for it. Yeah. 
Well, I have so many more things that I could ask you, but we're already pushing an hour and 15 minutes, so I don't want to take any more of your time. But thank you so much for coming on. This was, we went over a lot here. Thank you for sharing your experiences, your history, your, your talent. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm honored to be on the show. And uh, for the other side of the podcast, the Schillings <laughs> cider is, I think, my favorite. Yes, Schillings yes. is your favorite. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. The Bigfoot one, right? Yep. Yeah. Weird enough. Ironically Weird enough. Life, yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> no, but no, I think that's we'll, my favorite. <laughs> we'll bring some more to sample for the... Uh, uh, convention. Yeah. Okay. In case we get a time. Hey, I think there ends up being time for, you know, yeah. Lunatic suit. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, for everyone out there, go to portgamble.com if you want to uh, check out the ghost conference. It's coming up in November. And go to portgambleparanormal.com if you want to go on a ghost walk with me. Yeah. I highly recommend the ghost walk. It is so fun. Even if you're not a believer, yeah, doesn't matter. Go do it. It is a really unique. Experience. We will definitely be back. Oh, we're doing it again. Yeah, I want to drag my husband. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we're excited to get to see you and thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you. We'll see you on our our next uh, gamble adventure. Yes, we will, for sure. All right. Until next time, take care. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview that we did with Pete Orbea from Port Gamble. We certainly enjoyed it. He had so many good, interesting stories and hopefully we'll be able to have him on again because I know he's got more. I know. And I want to know your guys' opinions or thoughts on his Bigfoot story because that is a fun one. Fascinating. It is. And should we go squatching? Yes. You might go squatching. Okay. I think we said this last week. I'm down with the... I now will paranormal investigate. Squatching... That seems too. That's so. It's the ghosties can't hurt you. Yeah, the ghosties can't hurt you. The sasquatches could rip you to pieces. How do you know? And they smell real bad. Well, that I've heard, but I've never experienced that. That's all hearsay. I haven't experienced it either, but I just have heard. (sighs) All right, my nose hole could handle it. Go get yourself some apricot cider tonight. Some, yeah, the apricot cider tastes delightful. It really does. Um, and also, uh, yeah, just get yourself some lunatic soup either way because it's been a long week and you deserve it. Yes, you do. We deserve it. Yep. And uh, we've got some really good stuff coming up for spooky season. I hope you guys have enjoyed so far our spooky photo shoot. We just posted oh all gosh. of our, if you haven't seen our socials, go look at our ghosty photo shoots where we drug both of our oldest, oldest kids out and made them video and take pictures of us they and loved full it. on sheets. Yeah, they, they loved but it. on the way, the drive home, I was saying to Meg, I was like, could you imagine our moms like oh, going no. out there and like oh, no. dressing up like this and making us like participate? And I was dying. These girls are like, our moms are insane, but they also loved, they both they loved, loved it. it. They loved it. They, they loved it. They loved being a part of it. And we honestly had the best time ever. We had it was, it was really great. good. Yeah, and after the first full week of school, everybody's kind of tired. Everybody's feeling bleh, but it was it was fun. We got the sickness has already hit us already. <clears throat> not the COVID. Not the COVID. Man, we're not even going to discuss that. It's just the normal sickness. But it was like the first week back to school, and oh wait, literally we're sick. everybody in my household has Same. had this cold, snotty mess. Anyways, well, we love you guys. We hope you have a great week. Get yourself 
some soup and uh go to our instagram tiktok lunatic soup podcast on both of those you can see all of our cool new pictures we're going to be having a lot more photo shoots coming up for spooky season in october we have two episodes planned per week as a little bonus yep so that'll be fun and i just realized we were supposed to do a giveaway on monday that i forgot about mm-hmm. so we're gonna have a giveaway oh, next oh you guys i'm gonna keep saying it till i do it i swear to god it's happening yeah i forgot i said that anyway <laughs> um all right We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.